welcome to an inspirational teaching by our guest speaker of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. Forgetting the past, Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 to 14. And uh, I will read that. It says, Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 to 14. Now that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. One of the topics which I like is about mind. I write poems and I remember once I was going through a lot of problems. I couldn't sleep in the night, got up in the morning, wrote 19 poems on mind. Oh, how I wrote, I don't know. And uh, all this was flowing through my mind and I could write those 19 poems. It's very important for us to know that if there is a post-mortem of a dead body and you tell the doctor there, so doctor, you can take all the parts, but hand over his mind to me. It will be very impossible. You can cut open the whole body, but you will not get where mind is. When the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, you know the word mind, sometimes it is used as soul, sometimes it is used as heart, sometimes it is used as mind. And this year I am doing study on mind. Uh, what is this mind? What is the original word? What it means and everything I am wanting to do that. It's very important for us to know. Our body will be healthy. God has made us in his image, body, soul and spirit. As far as spirit is concerned, fine. Worship, praying, everything is fine. As far as body is concerned, we really take care of our bodies. Before marriage, anyone after marriage. After marriage, bigger temple. Before marriage, frustration, whom to get married. Okay, but after marriage, we are very happy people. I have yet to discover why we grow after marriage. There are so many service centers available in, in the world today. Service center for vehicles, service center for laptops, service center for everything. But imagine having a service center for mind. That you go to somebody and say, there is virus in my mind. It's troubling me. Can you just format my mind? I think in the days to come of so many discoveries, time will come that before going to your office, if you are confused, put your head in that machine and all the confusion is gone. Praise God. How nice it will be, isn't it? It will be so good to get rid of all the memories. Paul is saying, forgetting the past... In the book of Philippians, if you know that book of Philippians is written from the prison. He was in the prison. Can you imagine writing book from a prison? Forget about prison. What about home? Some people say, do you write poem? I said, what poem? I can't get any poem in my house. He wrote this book from prison and the subject of his book is joy. 16 times in the book of Philippians, he uses the word either rejoice or joy or happiness or something like word which speaks about joy. In a computer industry, there is something called hard disk. There are softwares. There is a cursor. And there are these kind of words. I don't know how whosoever has invented computer, why he has been using these kind of words. 
But think for a moment. All of us use our hard disk. All of us have our cell phones. We never ever like our cell phone or our laptops to format. Whatever the junk it may be there. You know, many times I have tried this. I have got around 20,000 photographs. One of my hobbies is to take photographs. I am not a great photographer, but that's my hobby. And uh, I think that I must delete some photographs. And I start doing it. I say, I think this is good. And this is good. I can delete only three, four photographs. The rest, everything remains there. None of us like our hard disk to get formatted. But sometimes it so happens that virus enters in spite of many other antivirus softwares and utilities what we have. So we call the person who does the servicing and we tell him that, why don't you fix my computer? So he will bring all the utilities, he will try everything and he says, sir, uh, we will have to format your computer. Now our whole life is in that computer. Today morning I saw Pastor Victor walking with his iPad. So I told him, Pastor, I see all the time uh, you are there with MacBook. I said, it's like your second wife. He said, yes, yes, that is true. My everything is there. None of us like to get it formatted. Even our laptop will get filled in. Sometimes our phone becomes slow and we don't want it to delete those photographs and the videos. But one thing happens. Once it is formatted, there is a new beginning. The speed is more there is more room to download many videos, take more photographs. And then we are happy, praise God, whatever the data was there, it's gone. I didn't want to delete, I didn't know what to delete, but everything is gone. Just before I came here, there was a problem with my laptop there. I tried. I'm not a computer expert, but when I'm not expert, I'll make mistakes. So something happened there and it's not working. It's showing that the operating system is missing from your laptop. So I called up the person who does the servicing. So he came here and he says, uh, uh, send me, I'll check it. And there is a lot of data in it. A lot of photographs, my son's wedding photographs and so many things are there. And office person calls me and says, he is saying that we'll have to format it. I said, go ahead and format. So he tries to switch on the computer. He says, it's already formatted. Maybe because of my mistake, it got formatted the whole thing. Frankly speaking, I felt good. You know why? Because I am don't no more confusion now which photograph to delete and which photograph to keep. Everything is gone. I can start fresh. Paul, when he writes this in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 to 14, we know that Paul wasn't a great believer from the day one. He was rich, intelligent, powerful man who had authority and who persecuted Christians. It says, he was a well-educated person trained under Gamaliel. Earlier he could take pride in his knowledge. He says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in the city under Gamaliel. I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers and was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. He could take a lot of pride in his knowledge and his capacity. I think he was a very strong leader. Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 14, which speaks about how Paul persecuted Christians. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out the murderous threats against the Lord's disciple. He went to the high priest and asked him for the letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any, any there who belonged to the way, 
whether men or women, he might take them as a prisoner to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Acts chapter 9 verse 5 says, Who are you, Lord? In his whole life, he had not seen something like this happening in his life. On the road to Damascus, he meets another Lord. And he says, Who are you, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what to do. His journey started of his life. Paul met someone bigger than him and called him Lord. Acts chapter 9, 5, 6. Again he says, he says, Lord, who are you, Lord? Paul's thought process, I'll just read it through it and just make some comments. When this happened, many thoughts must have gone through his mind. He might have pinched himself and tried to think that he is not dreaming. He might have thought that this was the attack of an enemy. Something unique is happening. Fear might have gripped his heart. He knew that this was not normal and his heart might have been surprised. He used to give orders, but there he had to take orders from another person. It is possible that he might have felt guilty for what he had done to the disciple of Jesus Christ. He might have felt that Jesus is living and now he has no hope in future might have felt that nothing will clean guilt of his heart. He might have felt that he will have to face severe judgment. Paul was persecuting Christian. When the book of Hebrew, if you read the time when the book of Hebrew is written, to whom it is addressed, that book. And if you read to whom that book is addressed, addressed to three different kinds of people. First, to the Jews. Second, to the Jews who were halfway following Jesus and still they were having the customs and traditions of Jewish religion. And the third, clearly to the believers. Paul wrote two-thirds of New Testament. But just imagine when Paul went to preach anywhere. In fact, the disciples of Jesus Christ did not believe in his conversion. They thought this is a new idea to catch us. You know, in India, there is a different atmosphere over here, as far as Christians and Muslims is concerned. I read somebody sending me a text message saying that, Bure din achete. Bure din Okay, leave. I don't want to get into the politics. Think for a moment. Someone who's persecuting Christian comes to your church. I still remember the day somebody came to our church with big red tikka here. And he sat there and kept looking at me. And I'm supposed to be preaching on that day. I thought, Lord, time has come to come home. <laughs> What's going to happen with me? And then I quietly called somebody. I said, just find out who is this newcomer. And then I came to know that he is the one who was seeking God. And he was there in the congregation. If we ask Paul what he feels about what all he has done, to the Christians, because he was supposed to get them, catch them as the prisoners, put them in the prison, and they were to be punished. Possible that because of him, somebody must have got life imprisonment. Somebody must have got hanged. Somebody must have got beaten up. And here is Paul coming in front of his disciples of Jesus Christ saying that, I met the Lord on the road to Damascus, and now I am the follower of the way. Jesus said, I am the way. He is the follower of the way. And they must have looked at him with all suspicion. Oh my goodness me. 
run, run, run. He has come to catch you. Possible after a couple of years, after he spoke, met so many people, the elders of the churches, it's possible that they must have accepted him with with little bit of doubt. Think Paul going to some towns. And the moment Paul entered into that town, a lady coming to him, you Paul, because of you and you alone, I lost my husband. My family is in a bad shape. Get out of this place. And he says, no, I follow Jesus. Don't tell me that lie. Get out of this place. Somebody must have come to you and said that I became widow because of you. You, you are the one. What wrong we had done? And every day Paul must have gone home feeling guilty for what he did before coming to the Lord. He must have felt, Lord, take away this guilt out of my heart. Let me ask you, is it possible to forget our past? If you forget, your wife will remind you. Vice versa, even husband can remind. It's very difficult to forget the past. I think whenever Paul went to pray, he must have remembered his past life. All that bad what he has done. Whenever I am very depressed in the Lord, I start my prayer with the first day when I met the Lord. To the day the Lord has used me. And then I feel motivated. The same Paul says that forgetting the past, I press on. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. If Paul would have kept speaking about his past, he would have never ever written two-thirds of New Testament. Just try take out all the epistles what Paul wrote in the New Testament. Hardly four gospel and a few other letters and revelation left and that's all. This man, Paul, who lived on this earth, always made one thing. I will forget the past. I will forget the past. It's an active action to forget the past. Guilt is very powerful. When Satan cannot harm believers, he will make them feel guilty. When Satan cannot harm believers... He will make them guilty and make them feel they are useless. They cannot do. The month of November is a month of guilt. Why? Because we planned so many things in the month of January. Usually 31st night. Immediately after the service, New Year starts. Welcome New Year. And then we look for diaries and we write our goals. In all goals, I will finish reading Bible once. I will read this book. I'll exercise. I'll reduce my weight. I'll start dieting, etc. I'll be good to my husband, and etc. etc. And when you come to the month of November, and say by mistake you find that paper, that goal sheet. Oh Lord, I have done nothing, and you feel guilty. I know. I have done this when I came to the Lord. When you, are, when you come to the Lord new, you are very excited. You want to buy every Bible which is there on the face of this earth. Bold letter Bible, small letter Bible, Bible with commentary, small Bible, pocket Bible, all kinds of Bible. But the problem is about reading. If all the books from the Christian home collected, the whole world will be blessed with so many books, which we have not read. Buying book is easy, but reading is a difficult thing. Guilt 
starts in the month of November. Repentance comes in the month of December. And hope comes in the month of January. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I didn't do anything. I was unfaithful, but you were faithful. Lord, help me, Lord. And repentance come. Nice biryani on Christmas, 25th Christmas. All the parties are over. 31st December, 1st Jan. This year, I'll start. I will be a good and very faithful person for the Lord. And again, we write the goals. I teach about, you know, achieving targets and goals. And I know how easy it is to write the goals. How much time it takes? 10-15 minutes it can take. Very, very easy to write our goals. When we start reading Bible in the month of January, we get up on first. First Jan, read Genesis. In the beginning, the earth was formless and empty. And he say, Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the new year. And we finished reading. We feel so great and spiritual and born again in January. And we say, Lord, I finished. So we buy all the highlighters, pen, notebook, item book, diary, everything there. And we write there, Lord spoke to me today. Wonderful. Next day, again, alarm. Hallelujah, Lord, I'm awake, Lord. And we again have quite time. 10 January, alarm. And someone whispers in our ear, yesterday you were awake. You know, you went for the party. It's okay, no problem. You can always have quite time. 20th of January, notebook is empty. Nothing is written. 31st of January, Forgotten where, where I kept the Bible. Where is the notebook? Can't find. Somehow, two-thirds of January is done. February is okay. March, blank. Whenever I see Bible of so many people, lots of marking is there, highlighting in, in Genesis. Slowly it is reduces in Exodus. Numbers. What to underline there in numbers? I was talking about this and I said that, if you have an insomnia problem, please read book of numbers. You will get healed by your own self. You will get excellent sleep. <laughs> Try this. And we feel guilty. November, guilt month. December, repentance month. January, a month of hope. It goes on and on and on and for many years. Satan can harm us through guilt. It's a powerful weapon in the hands of Satan who can kill our spiritual life and make us feel that you are fulfilling your duty by going to the church on Sunday, giving tithe on Sunday, sometime attending cell meeting, sometime prayer meeting, carry on your life. You are a nice Christian, but deep inside we may feel guilty. Guilt is very powerful. Recently I just saw, I got a small WhatsApp video clipping about a game called Kabaddi. Now the Kabaddi is promoted in India. And I see the two teams playing and the one goes to the opponent team. And in this game, there is a way you play the game. So he kicked that player of the opposite team. That player fell down. And this boy thought, that he has got some hurt, so he turned back and he gets the point by touching that player. And within a 60 seconds, they discover that boy is dead. On the spot, that boy died. Now, if we ask that player, What do you feel 
about today's game. He will say, I'll never play kabaddi again. Because of me, somebody died. This is a big guilt. And it will remain with him for life. Simple guilt. Dieting. You know, you go on dieting. Every time we want to know more about dieting than actually dieting. And you come home and eat really well. And you see, you got the information added. Somebody says, yeah, I eat here. <laughs> really difficult, you know. When you are hungry, you know, you just forget about dieting. And when you go to, as a guest to somebody's house, don't worry, you diet tomorrow. You have to eat. We have cooked it. What we will do with the food? Please eat, please eat. So they feed you, they feed you, they feed you. Then you think tomorrow I will not eat. But then wife also says, so nice breakfast I made. Who is going to eat? You eat. And you feel guilty, guilty, guilty. You stop dieting. Guilt is a powerful thing. A few days before, I got a phone call from the police station. Not for the murder. But for, but for checking some documents concerning my passport. And whenever you get call from the police station... You don't say to the police, uh, I think I'll see if I have time, I'll come. He says, come now. So me and my wife, we have a scooter. So immediately from my office, I went. And we were halfway. And another family from our church crossed us. We were in this direction. They crossed us. My wife was sitting behind me. And she quickly turned like this. So what happens to the scooter? Scooter slipped. I fell down. My foot was under the scooter. I broke my ankle bone. My wife, healthy person, fell over me. I broke my glasses. Bleeding from this side, the whole side, I'm bleeding. And she's asking me, you got hurt? What to do? So I said, no, 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 I'm okay. I couldn't get up. People came there to carry me. So I asked my wife one and I said, uh, what do you think, how it happened? I don't know. And I remember I was getting well at home. I had to be on the bed for two months. And one day I told her, because of you I fell. <laughs> this was the second time I fell. I was joking, but think for a moment if I would die on the road. My wife will never forgive herself because of me. My husband died. Guilt is powerful. It haunts us our whole life. You know, sometimes you go to meet somebody and one dirty, ugly, full of disease dog follows you. And you say, go! And it still comes near. And you say, go! And you do everything. And it still follows you everywhere. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about us as a believers. I started my journey 32 years before. In 1983, I had a wonderful encounter with God. Very amazing thing. I was one of the most notorious kids in my childhood. Never ever anybody could think that this man will become pastor. They thought I'll either become a smuggler or a murderer. Never ever thought. You name any nonsense thing, I've done all that. Forgetting past is not easy. 
Many a times when I'm praying, I remember the, my sins of my youth, what all I have done. Sometimes Satan comes near me and says, you are not worthy to be a pastor. You are a sinner. You are a worst person. But when Paul came in the presence of God, in that light, he could see his sin. And he says, I am the worst of all the sinners. The realization of this and knowing who we are in God gives us hope. And I have hope in Christ Jesus. Sometimes there are so many applications that are available in the world today. One of them is Bible applications. NIV, study Bible, KGV. And you are having your wonderful quiet time. And something pops up. Advertisement of certain kind of an ugly movie or a short video. And you have a choice. Should I click here? Should I click there? And if you click, remembering your past, your quiet time is out of the window. You just can't pray and you are backsliding. Very difficult. You know, all those who used to drink earlier, knew all the brand. And if some preacher comes and says that the Bible recommends all of us to drink, take little. Now, that little, what is that little is not mentioned. How many pegs? But it can tempt us to go and do those things. You know, there is a pleasure in sin. People enjoy sinning. Okay? And sometimes Satan can pull us back towards that. Guilt is very powerful in our life. What is the definition of guilt? What is this guilt all about? Let me just read some portion over here. Guilt is the worst experience known to humans. Guilt ties you up in knots and makes you feel unworthy and miserable. Guilt is not a real emotion. Webster defines it as the fact of state having committed an offense or wrong against moral or penal law. Guilt is caused by thinking that you have done something wrong. You think you have done something wrong because you judge yourself or someone else judges you. A child does not know feel guilty unless someone tells her that she has offended someone or hurt someone's so-called feelings. Feeling guilty is a conditioned response, not an authentic emotion. In other words, you are taught to feel guilty when someone judges you about anything. How you dress, how you move, how you think, what you do. Guilt is a form of manipulation. In reality, there is no way to dress, move, think or do. The more creative you are, the more way there are to dress, move, think and do. When someone is offended by your behavior, they accuse you of doing something wrong or bad. Think for a moment, this whole church is going for picnic. And someone comes to you and says that, you don't come for picnic. You say, why? Say, last time because of you, the picnic was spoiled. One grumbler is enough in the picnic. And you can feel so guilty. It's because of me, I don't want to come to this church. Guilt is very powerful. Just want to tell you a story about a girl. This particular girl who used to work for us in YWCA where I worked as a manager. A girl from a Malali background by name Bina. Bina started coming to work and she used to be a very depressed person. Very depressed. And I tried asking her, 
I said, Bina, why you are so depressed? You look so sad. What is your problem? She will say, Many Malalis do this, no? Chuma. And many times, many months, she didn't tell me anything. One fine day I asked her, she said, what about your marriage? She was old. She was she's crossed 30, 32. She had crossed. I said, what about your marriage? She said, I don't want to get married. I said, what's your problem? She said, yeah, there is a long story. I don't want to get married. I said, why don't you tell me what is the problem? Yeah, she said, the right time I'll tell you. One day, I think that was the right time. I said, tell me, Bina, what happened? This is what she told me. This is her story, real story, true story. She comes from a Malali background, and father was a very strict, very orthodox person. Not all Malalis are like that, but this man-centered community, you know, he's very strong. What time you have to come? 7 o'clock you have to be at home. Why you are late from college, you come at 1 o'clock, why 1.30, where did you wait? And so on and so forth, so many rules and regulations were there. She started going to college. One particular boy in the college liked her, started loving her. They were to go for a picnic. And this boy asked her, he said, are you coming for a picnic? She said, no, my dad will not allow me to come for a picnic. She said, why don't you ask him? So she went and asked father. Father said, no picnic. Okay, stay at home. You are not going for a picnic. So this boy, maybe like Salman Khan, I don't know, whatever, whatever or Rajnikanth or something like that. He said, I'll come and ask your dad. He said, don't come to my house. My dad will get very angry. He said, no problem. In love, everything is forgiven. Oh, they become, you know, a lot of boldness comes when you are in love. <laughs> so this boy came to her house, met her dad. Dad insulted him. He says, get out of this house. He is not coming, I told you. And I will not send her. She was there in the bedroom, crying there. All that is happening. He left her house. He was on the way to his house, met with an accident, and died. Bina believed it's because of her that boy died. From that day onward, she became a depressed person. From that day onward, she, she blamed herself and felt guilty that because of her, this boy died. And when she told me all this, she was crying and crying and crying. I couldn't help her and tears rolling down. She was sick at the age of 32 or so. She was sick, very depressed, very frustrated, nervous. She won't eat food. Never I saw a smile on her face. So next day onwards, I said, Bina, come here. You know, Rajiv Gandhi died because of you. She said, what? I said, of course. You should have been there. You should have been standing in front of Rajiv Gandhi. And when there was bomb blast, all the bomb blasts, all the wounds, she would have got it and Rajiv Gandhi would have said. He said, don't tell me all that. Like that, I use various examples to her just to tell her it's not because of her that boy died. She came out of the depression. Then she had a desire to get married. She went to her father and told her father, you can now start looking for boys and I'm ready for marriage. Guilt got washed away from her heart. She told her father, if my boss approves the boy, I will get married. Father calls me next day. What is the problem? What are you telling her? Why is she saying like this? <laughs> so I told him, I said, no. I didn't tell him the journey and the guilt of this girl. I told 
I said, no, we were talking together and she didn't want to marry him. So father called me home. I went to his house. He came with his whole family to my house saying that my daughter wants you to select a wife. I said, all right, no problem. So I went with her to one family's house. I saw the boy. I liked the boy. She got married to the same boy and settled down as a married person. She is having a beautiful daughter and she is happy. Guilt is very powerful. Judas, for few silver coins, handed over Jesus. He got himself hanged. He died. Peter, Bible says, that Peter was a proud person. He says, I will never deny you. I will go wherever you go. He says, Peter, you will deny me three times. Because he has instructed that crow to do the right job. Third time. And Peter starts weeping. And the Bible says, Jesus looked at him. And when Jesus looked at him, the Bible says that he went out and wept bitterly. You know, there are some people who have got very probing eyes. Very powerful eyes. So tell me about you. So where did you go? And those eyes as it penetrate straight into deep inside our hard disk, heart disk, whatever disk is this. And they can read all the data. Peter, after he wept, he went back, when Jesus crucified, went back to the fishing. And when Jesus comes to him, asks him, Peter, you got 100 out of 100 for faith because you and me walked on the water. What about love, Peter? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter says the last reply, Lord, you know that I love you. Brothers and sisters, what great things we have done for the Lord may be very small. God will look at our heart and he will say, no problem, you messed it up. Peter, you cursed me, Peter. You denied me, Peter. Relax. Don't worry. I will use you. If there was hope for Moses, we think Moses was a hero. Let me tell you, he was a zero. He was a zero. He doubted everything. And then he says, after all the insight, he says, send someone else. Then he fights with God. Then he counsels God. And at the end of his journey, he cannot enter into Canaan land. But the greatest person on the earth whose burial was conducted by God is Moses. There was hope for Moses. There was hope for Peter. I think, I think, this is my conviction, Judas repented. I think, I may not be, I may not be right, Judas repented. Guilt is very powerful. I want to give you some keys how to overcome guilt. Let me ask you a question. How many of you felt guilty? In your life. All of us feel guilty. From the diet. To the death. Any one of us feel guilty. How to handle guilt in our life. When Satan cannot stop us. He uses his weapon called guilt. Matthew 27 5. So Judas threw money into the temple and left. And then he went away and hanged himself. Guilt. Majority people commit suicide. Because of guilt. I can't forgive myself. Have you heard this statement? They can forgive the whole world, but they can't forgive ourselves. You know, sometimes 
You know, all the Christian homes in the pastor's house, maximum number of fights will take on Sundays. Think for a moment, you are part of this church, you are a leader, you are supposed to be taking praise and worship. And you are supposed to smile. And supposed to really encourage people too. And then that early morning you have fight with your wife. And you are driving. Why? I told you, the last Sunday also you did the same thing. Today I have to lead a praise and worship and you are disturbing my mind. And you enter here and says, praise the Lord brother, deep inside you say, I will see you after lunchtime, wait for it. Every Sunday sometime it can be so much, so much, so much struggle. Many people in the psychiatric ward ended up because of guilt. We have a hospital, very old hospital in Miraj. Very good looking, handsome men, beautiful women, well educated. Sitting there because of guilt and something they could not do. Farmers committing suicide, not because of money, but because of guilt. They cannot look after their families and they are committing suicide. Children too become depressed due to guilt all of us need to encourage our children what is the verse in the bible thou shall become engineer where is the verse in the bible that thou shall become a doctor and thou shall finish phd is there is a verse in the bible which says thou shall study for eight hours no there, is, there are no verses like this our son is engineer one day he came, he threw his laptop, he threw his bag, he says, I don't want to do engineering. I said, don't do it, no problem. <laughs> Deep inside I was saying, I paid so much fees, Lord. What this boy is, I feel like punching him, Lord. What is he talking? He says, I can't handle that match. I said, no problem. So next day I got up and I thought he will not go to his college. But then I see he's put his bag there. I said, where are you going? College. I said, go. <laughs> Let me cut the long story short. The subject which he feared was maths. What M2, M3, I don't know what is it called. What is there? He came first class first in his college in maths. He passed his BE with distinction. Because I did not say to him, you are useless son. You wasted my money. Brothers and sisters, I want to say to all of you, if your father has used this statement, please forgive him today. Because that statement will haunt you. And you may use the same sentences for your children. I was driven away to, to commit suicide because of my strict father and the various things I've gone in my life. I still remember my father's statement. He says, I'm, whatever I'm telling you is good. Even if you die, you will do what I'm asking you to do. I've never heard any father speaking like that to a son. He was a teacher. He grew as an orphan, though he had a father. He grew as an orphan. I always wanted my father to hug me. Let me ask you one line. Did your father hug you? Mothers are there. My baba. All the time they'll keep doing it. But fathers. So, what time he came? Where were you? Is this the time to come home? Don't go here. Don't go there. So children say, hey, don't come to my house. My dad is a monster here. <laughs> we should be father, loving father, so that they will love our heavenly father. And they will say, if my father loves me so much, how much my heavenly father will love me? What did Father God say when Jesus was baptized? This is my sixth past son who is useless. No. He said, this is my beloved son. 
with whom I am well pleased. I want to say, brothers, to you, hug your children and say this line, I love you, my son. In Hindi, there is one old line is there in one song. Pal bhar ke liye koi mujhe pyar kar de, jhuta hi sahi. Even if it is just your mouthing words, at least hug your children. That will change their lives. We should look forward and not look back. There is one lady who looked back and she became the pillar of Captain Cook. No, sorry, Salt. She became Salt. Lord's wife. Clear instruction, don't look back. And she looked back. And she became. When he hesitated, men grasped his hand in the hands of the wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back. Don't look back to your past. That is why Paul said, forgetting the past. I press on. Press on means I go, go ahead, go ahead, keep going ahead. And I don't look back. We need to forget the past. We may not forget but it is an action. If Satan reminds you, what did you say? I don't know. I don't remember. Actively forgetting the past. There are many buts and ifs in our life. When we were small children, we used to sing one song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Backsliding happens. Why it is backsliding? It's looking back. And going backward. How do you know somebody's backsliding? He stops sitting in the front rows. Then he goes to the second row. Then he goes to the third row. Then he goes to the other row. And then he goes to the row which is near the door. And you don't see him. after Because he's walked out. Backsliding. He's going backward. Should not be going backward. Buts and ifs are there. First scheme. It is a choice to look ahead. It is a choice to look ahead. We say to ourselves, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I will be that I will be by the grace of God. I have written this on my heart. I am that I am by the grace of God. And I will be that I will be by the grace of God. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. Even play football. By the way, let me say this. Sometimes we are so spiritual. We only think this is for preaching, teaching. No, I can do everything. Whenever guests come to our house. My wife prays, Lord, pray for the food, let this food. That time only we get excellent food. Why? Because my wife is praying there. Why? Lord, let the food be excellent. My wife cooks good food. We need to say, fear not, Jesus said, I am with you. How many times? 300 and? Maybe 366 year. This is a leap year. Even for that year he has written there. Fine. The one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. God forgive Peter, he'll forgive me also. He has paid price for my sins. And when he looks at me, I am holy. Say to yourself, I am holy. I am holy. Because he is holy. One of the most important first thing, a decision. I will not look back. I will look ahead, claim the promises. Second, say this with me. So what? So what? You know, sometimes we do some project, something for an evangelistic meeting. And we expect so many people to come. Nobody comes for the evangelism. So pastor calls the leader. He says, come here, come here. We spent almost 1.5 lakh rupees for this meeting. Nobody has come. 
and you can go home feeling guilty. Deep inside we should say, so what? Next time they will come. So what? Next time they will come. Somebody will say, yeah, you got only 50% for the first year in engineering. We need to be saying, so what? I'll get 60%, 80%. The attitude to ourselves saying that, so what? I failed. So what? I lost. So what? I had not been a good husband. So what? I will change. I will keep going. I'll press on towards the future and do an excellent job. God will be pleased with it. God likes to help those who ask for help. Not for all those Sachin Tendulkars. You know, the whole world was talking about Dhoni, 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 his hairstyle, his walk, his this and that. Now, criticism. He has enjoyed his success. Now it is only Virat Kohli, Virat Kohli. Let's few years go by, you will know what will happen to Virat Kohli. Whatever it is, second key, learn this word to say, so what? So what? If the biryani has not come out very well, all become kichdi. So what? Next time I will try again. I should not be speaking about food on Sundays, you know. <laughs> Sunday is all a Sabbath day. Keith number three. We must remember that Jesus has crucified our guilt to the cross. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 said, Now there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus paid price on the cross. When I am very low, I remember all the wrong things I have done, not the right things. When you are in the lowest state of life, we'll say, I'm not good. I'm not good. Satan also said, Amen, Amen, Amen. You are not good. And we will remember all our failures. I was talking to somebody, somebody from the church, and he says, How do you handle your low state? Or how do you handle when you are very, very depressed? So I told him, I don't do anything. I don't pray. I don't read Bible. I go out and eat ice cream. The one which I like. And say, Hallelujah, Lord. Is it possible? No, difficult, difficult to handle. Paul knew, he knew that God had called him. He knew that in his weaknesses, God's strength come to completion. He knew who the Lord is. Key four, last key. Let us draw near God. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is freedom. Our past we might not have been great husband, great son, great leader, great Sunday school teacher, great student, great person in our workplaces. But when we draw near God, he will say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We are holy because he paid the price. He says in Hebrew chapter 10 verse 22, let us draw near God. With a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. This guilty conscience will not be there in the presence of God and having our body washed with pure water. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He has dealt with all the guilt on the cross. For listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.